I just got a lecture, and I'm a very good student, hopefully. <laughs> good evening. It's so good to be here, and um, I want to thank Pastor and uh, Shirley. Where is she now? She moved out again. Oh, okay, she'll come back. She's the pastor's wife. Just check on her so that she attend the meeting. And... Uh, <laughs> But um, it's so good to be with you, and Pastor, thank you. It's, it's always a great honor to come to this church. This is uh, basically the only church that I go to in the whole state of Arkansas. You know, when we came to America those days, we looked at the state, and we said, uh, that is Arkansas. And uh, then we figured out, no, it's Arkansas. And then they heard us talk, and they said, no, it's Arkansas. So... <laughs> So finally, we got that down after 20 years, and uh, we know exactly where your state is. It's great to be here. God's going to bless us tonight. Uh, thank you for your giving. Thank you for your support. Um, uh, I, we are busy with the Global Prayer Network. We are busy with um, combining churches into intercession. We uh, really desire to go to Africa this year. We couldn't go. I had about three trips canceled. To Africa, the last time Delta canceled the whole flight um, be, because of COVID. So um, pray for us. Our, we would love to go to South Africa this year. We must actually go. Uh, we've got business there to complete and do and ministry business. Uh, we, we, it's, an urge, it's a matter of urgency now. So what I'm going to do to you, and, and please thank you for giving me another 10 minutes before I'm going to go into the Word. Um, and um, I have something unique that I want to share with you tonight. But before we're going to do that, every year we go to Africa. Well, there was a time that I went about three times a year. Now it's, we haven't gone for a year and a half. And this year we want to go to uh, Africa for at least two months. And what we normally do is we ask people to partner with us for one month or two months. Uh, and it's normally when we go overseas and just leave America because um, our income is here as I travel. Now, I'm completely booked for this year. I'm already booking meetings for next year. I'm talking about America. So what I want to ask you tonight is, and Pastor gave me the approval, uh, if you can help us to partner with us for two months this year, that will be the month of August and September. August and September. Uh, our dream is to be there in Africa. If not, it will be December, January. But we're going to focus on August, September. So if you can help us tonight, I have a little card here that I want you to fill in. And I'm going to ask Shane and his son um, and that guy sitting next to his son uh, that I know for 20 years now, uh, but I don't know his name. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask the three of them to help me to pass the card out. And what you need to do is put your name, address, and please write in English, not in Greek or Hebrew. Um, and please put a number that you can support uh, this ministry with. It doesn't come to me. It comes to the ministry. We have a board of seven directors. And uh, they, make, they make decisions on who gets what. Um, that will give us an indication of what we can depend on for uh, August and September. You will get a welcome letter. And you will not hear from me again. And then August, September, you will get two letters every month. And you will not hear from me again. Uh, this is my promise to you. We will not bombard you for any finances or any money. And if I do it, I give you the, the, the permission to come to pastor and tell him, Brother Andre has gone out of line. Call him. 
He's begging us for money, and he will call me, and I will pay it all back. So, um, I'm serious, church. Um, let me say this to you. I am not here for your money. I am in ministry for 41 years, and uh, I'm, I'm 69 in July, and I'm going to leave ministry one day with my name in good stand. And uh, that's my desire, and uh, I, I've always said it. I'd rather leave without your offerings, but I'm your friend, than leaving with your offerings, and, and I'm not your friend, because I want, be to, want to be your friend. So thank you, Shane. You should have been here by now. Um, uh, so give it to those two gentlemen there. And uh, if you want to help us for two months, raise your hand. We'll give you the card. You fill it in. And, uh, and thank you again. If, if there's something that I do here tonight that offends you, I apologize. But as you know, your, your natural body cannot function without blood. And life is in the blood. And we cannot function without finances. So this will help us. Raise your hand. We'll give you the card. Fill it in uh, if you don't mind. Uh, put in the amount, and when you've done, raise your hand, we'll pick it up. And um, there's a little, a little part on the right-hand side of the car that you can just tear off um, and um, keep it for yourself uh, as a reminder. And uh, thank you so very, very much. Um, Shane, the fact that you uh, pass out cards doesn't mean that you cannot partake in this. So make sure that you also fill in your card. If, don't talk back to me. I'm, okay, you've got your card. Thank you, Shane. I love to, to uh, work on him, um, and, and, uh, and I like to work on Jojo, but I'm a little bit afraid of Jojo because a Jojo is more, more a no-nonsense kind of person than Shane. Shane is more gracious, you know, but, but Jojo, oh, you need to be careful for Jojo. I like those two gentlemen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, um, yeah, it's uh, thank you for your, um, your support. And the moment you're done, you raise your hand, and Shane will pick it up again. Uh, Shane, you need to be on your feet again with those two gentlemen. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, gentlemen, come over to this side. Um, if you're done, raise your hand. Um, thousand is T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just helping you to spell it correctly. Um, amen. How many of you know that God has given us humor? Come on. We need to have some humor. Have you ever met somebody and you just wondered what God had in mind when he created that person? I, I know, I know, I've met people that wondered about me. Uh, but you know what? God loves you and he loves me just the way we are. And uh, thank you. Uh, if you're done, raise your hand. We want to get this done as quick as possible. And then we're going to go into the Word. Uh, there's another gentleman out there with a blue T-shirt. He said he's done. Okay. Make sure you tear off that little part. That gentleman on the right inside, tear it off, sir. Um, on that right inside, there's a gentleman there. Okay. Thank you. Anybody still busy? You want us to come your way? There's a lady right in the back there. Uh, I think that's the one that Lord touched last night. No, it was the one next to her. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we had an awesome time last night. 
and uh, we give God all the praise for that. Thank you so much. Anybody still busy? Uh, there's a, a card there in the back, Shane. Again, Shane, please. Um, uh, man, it's difficult when people just don't listen. And uh, <laughs> there's a gentleman in the back there. Uh, there's a... Uh, oh, no, he's playing games with you now. Can you believe it? That guy, you need to pay double, brother. Can you believe it? He did that to Shane. That's not right. Okay, thank you. Is everybody now finished? Please. On the right-hand side, everybody is finished. And thank you, sir. Uh, just keep them separate, the two, and uh, hold it. Hold it with you, and I'll get it and put that around it. That's a, what you call a rubber band. And thank you, sir. <laughs> Give the Lord a good hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one day if I come and live here, it'll be because of Shane, because I like that guy. Uh, I will stay away from Jojo a little bit. Uh, you know, three times a week of him and one, one time, one Jojo a week, uh, that's more or less. Sorry, Jojo, but um, I need to, uh, I, I saw your mother years ago, and I think um, I understand you better now. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Give the Lord another good hand, will you? Okay, I want to talk to you tonight about Mary Magdalene, and I specifically want to talk to you about her footprint. If you die tomorrow, will you be grateful that they will find your last footprints in the house of the Lord? Come on. You know, when I think of my own life, 41 years, people will say to me, haven't you had enough of church now? I grew up in church. What I'm doing right now, talking to you about Jesus and the Lord, is my greatest passion in my whole life. Let everybody know it. There's no two ways about it. My wife is, is I love her passionately, but Jesus comes first. When I look at my own footprint, they will probably find most of my footprint in churches. Last week, a friend of mine passed away, and they asked me to do a live recording. And immediately, uh, I haven't had that much contact with him the last 20 years, although we, we spoke a lot. But I know enough of his life. But there's blank spaces of his life that I can honestly not say I know where you will find his footprint. There's certain people that when you think about them, you wonder, where have they been? You see, your footprint will tell me who you are. To a great extent, if I follow your footprint, I will be able to say, I think I know what kind of person this was. And you know, we live sometimes as if we're going to live forever. Eternity is closer than what you can ever imagine. And the more I think about eternity at this age, I'll say, Lord, help me. That when, when I'm gone and all that's left is my footprint, they will still find you if they just follow my footprint. So tonight I want to, I want to look at Mary. And in the last few months, I, I, am, I'm a, I, I read about the, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus and the disciples and how he spoke to them, and, and it's, very, it's very precious to me. 
And I'm grateful that the, the empty tomb and the crucifixion and the resurrection is precious to me because that is the heart of the gospel. If we take that out of the Bible, we don't have a gospel because we, we have the only God that came out of the tomb, overcame death, resurrected on the third day, and died on the cross for sinners like you and me. And, uh, and I want to drink everything in that I've missed maybe in all my life about this, this story about Jesus. So let us rush right into the Scriptures, and I'm just going to read and just speak to you as I read. Now, Mary Magdalene uh, had seven demons. Seven speaks of perfection. So she was perfectly demonized. Every bit of her was demonized. And Jesus set her free completely. And I think one of the things that will determine what your footprint will look like is if you can remember where you came from. We need to remind ourselves where we could have been, where we came from, and who we are now, and thank God for that. Now, she was, she was completely demonized, had seven demons. So let us read from John chapter 20. Just read from verse 1, and, and I will just stop at a few verses until I get to the verses that, where I really want to start. It says in verse 1, Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. Very interesting. The first person's name that appeared that went to the tomb early was Mary Magdalene. Again, the one that had seven demons. Just that alone just catches my eye and just touched my heart. Bible says very early in the morning when it was still dark. You know, when people... And I'm just going to make some remarks as I read because it's, I'm so tempted, because it's, it's so beautiful. When you run to the tomb early when it's still dark, it tells me already who you are. And I can just imagine how her footprint was, was at the tomb before you will even find the footprint of Peter and John. And... And she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And she ran. I love the word ran. She ran. Why? When you have been delivered from seven demons and you try to find the body of the person that delivered you, you are passionate. You are in a rush. You don't do things slowly. And may the Lord bring back the run in the church. I don't want to preach about we've lost our run, but I think we've lost our run because we've lost our pace. We've lost our passion. And the Bible says uh, she ran and she came to Simon Peter and the other disciple, which was John, and whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Now, I don't want to talk about the fact that she thought that they stole the body because, you see, that's what the... The world would love to believe today that they stole the body. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, again that's John, were going to the tomb and they both ran. So here we have them also running. 
You know, this is not a John Hagee tour to Israel. This is the first people that were at the tomb. They are pioneers. And again, I don't want to talk about a pioneering spirit because that's for another day. It's huge. But they ran. And again, I love the word ran. And, um, <clears throat> and, they, uh, and, 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 and the other disciple outran Peter. So now we know that Peter was not a good athlete, although he had a temperament that was very unique. And stooping down and looking in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. And now verse 5, 6, and 7 is, and verse 8 is actually such four dynamic verses that you can actually preach a whole... In fact, I'm writing a book on those four verses. Because in those four verses, you will see the word saw three times. When they came to the t- tomb, the Bible says John arrived at the tomb and he saw the linen cloths. Then Simon Peter came following him and the Bible says, and he saw the linen cloths. But the Bible says Peter went into the tomb. So John arrived at the tomb, but he did not enter. Isn't it sad that you can arrive at the right place, but you never enter? There's many Christians They arrive, but they never enter. I don't want to go into that. But it says Peter came and he saw the linen cloths and he went in and immediately Peter saw a little bit more than what John saw. And the handkerchief that had been around the head, not lying with a linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. And that's the description that, that Peter gave us. And then verse 8, the other disciple who came to the tomb first, that's John, he's still standing outside. He came first and saw, but he did not go in. Peter came second, went in, saw more. But now watch what's going to happen now. And it says there, the other disciple that came to the tomb first went in and saw and believed. Now, the first time John came and he saw, that word saw means observe. When Peter arrived and he went in and he saw, that word means perceive. And when John went in and he saw for the second time, that word saw means discern. May the Lord help us that we are not observers tonight or perceivers, but that we are discerners. So here we have the story. And then verse 9 says, For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must, be, that, that he must rise again from the dead. But verse 10 says, Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Basically, everybody went home. Verse 11 says, but Mary. Everybody say, but Mary. You know, this thing touches me every time I read it. And when I saw the words, but Mary, I said, Lord, we always preach about Peter and John and James, but we never talk about the woman that had seven demons. I cannot preach anything about her tonight. All I can, I can just watch her movement and then out of her movement, watch her footprint. And then I want to present the footprint of Mary to you. And I want to say, would you like to have the same footprint than what she had? 
Come on, church. It's not, it's not how good you preach. It's how good you walk. If you cannot walk what you preach, don't preach. <laughs> if you cannot walk what you testify, don't testify. Are you excited about this? The Bible says, but Mary... I hope that when my life is over and they talk about everybody, they will say, but Andre Fonseil. Not because I want to be better than anybody else. I just want them to find me in a place when everybody left. When everybody's gone home, I want them to say, he did not go home early. And I'm not referring to tonight's service. I'm referring to everything you do in life. May it reveal that you never went home early. You were the one that had more passion than the others because you were the one that realized how deep you were lost and how he brought you out. May God help us that we will all have the word but in front of our names. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb. She was the one who told Peter and, and John about the tomb that's empty. And they came and they saw... <laughs> And they got revelations, that is a sermon for another day, saw, saw, saw. But then they went home. But the one who had the seven demons is saying, uh, I cannot go home. Uh, I cannot. Never has a man ever impacted me like this man. Never has a person ever understood the hell that I have gone through. Never have I ever met a man that can understand how deeply I was tormented. I cannot go home. I cannot go home. I, I'm confused. I don't know where he is, but I cannot go home. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing all over me. I just feel the touch of the Holy Ghost on me. And, um, and the Bible says, and she saw two angels in, the, in white sitting at the head and at the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Now again, church, I cannot really preach to you. I could just show you what she saw, and she saw two angels. Now very interesting, when Jesus died, on both sides of him, he had two murderers. And so, you know, in those days, they, they believed in two testimonies. And here God sends two angels it's almost like God is sending two testimonies to witness that the resurrection is real before somebody can come and say it's, it never happened. Come on. But you know what? When they gave him two robbers, two murderers, they thought they will blaspheme him even further when they crucified him and they made him look like nothing. I mean, it was an ugly scene on that cross. So they gave him two murderers as if he did not look bad enough. They decorate his crucifixion with what they thought will make him even look worse, not knowing that the one on the right hand side will step into eternity with him that day. 
<laughs> you can underestimate Jesus and his salvation power. So that's what they gave him. If that was supposedly to be two testimonies, they tried to give him the two worst testimonies. But when he was resurrected, God the Father said, I'm going to send two angels that will testify to the resurrection of my son. <laughs> so they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Now they are asking her questions. Now you must understand that uh, angels never weep. Angels don't weep. They don't understand the tears of humanity. Angels has never been lost. They serve God. Come on. But they, they, don't know, they don't know what you feel like when you are broken. So they said to her, why do you weep? And I want you to see her, her genuine heart. She said, because they have. Now watch the words. The words uh, impress me so much. And I want to say, Lord, I hope that, I hope that when people hear me talk, they will hear me talk with that same passion that she had. And she said to them, because they have taken away my Lord. You know, I've spoken to Christians over the years, and, and I can immediately tell how they talk about the Lord reveals to me how intense they know Him. I, I've, I've met people that talk about the men up in the sky. Or somebody said to me one day, he said, Sir, you have connections up there with the men up there. Some, another businessman business said to me one day, You have favor because you have connections with that guy up there. He's not a guy. He became man, but he's not a man. He's not a God. I don't even want to call him the Lord. I want to call him like Mary called him. They have taken away my mind. Oh, man, I pray that your relationship with God will become so intense that you will say he is my personal Savior. That's why he's my, I know he's the Lord. I know he's our Lord. But there must come a moment that when, when I talk to you, you must, you must understand when I call him my Lord, you must understand he rescued me from death when I was six years old. I mean, you could not help me when I was six years old. But he was the one who pumped air into my lungs when I was six years old. He's my Lord. And then she said, I do not know where they have laid him. I, I, I do not know where, what they did with him. I, I don't know where Peter is. I don't know where, where John is. I, I, I wish they did not go home. I, I wish they stayed because at least maybe the three of us could have tried to figure out where is he. But, sir, sir, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where he is. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus Standing there. And she did not know that it was Jesus. Now let me say this. She was sad. She was broken. Bible says she wept. And sometimes sorrows can blur 
your understanding for the revelation that is standing right in front of you. Sometimes sadness can blur the vision of the church for what is at hand. She was so saddened that she saw Jesus and she did not know him because her sadness blurred her vision for a moment. And I want to say, do not be led by politics and do not be led by how the world can make you sad and depressed, but get your joy in the Holy Ghost so that in the midst of a crisis and in the midst of a political mess and in the midst of an America that is sliding down in the wrong direction, we will not lose our joy and we will know and we will see Christ in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. You know, people flooded me last year with uh, conspiracy theories. And it's almost like they are blindfolded by conspiracy theories. And I thought to myself, my joy comes from the Holy Ghost. My joy comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. And when everything is said and done, I've seen it in South Africa. In 94, they thought we're going to have a civil war because we went from a white to a black government. We had 10 blacks for each white person in South Africa. Nelson Mandela became the first black president of South Africa. But the church went back into their prayer closets and they found the joy of the Lord and the Lord rescued a nation. Come on. We have the answer. Keep your focus. Jesus is alive. Now when she when she had said that, she turned around and she saw Jesus and she did not know that it was his. And Jesus said to her, now watch what Jesus said. Jesus said, woman, why are you weeping? Same question that the angels ask. The only difference is Jesus understood tears. <laughs> because when Lazarus, his friend, died that he loved, he wept. <laughs> this time, the person talking to her understands tears. And he's saying to her, woman, why are you weeping? And then he said, whom are you seeking? He's not saying, what are you looking for? What are you seeking? It's because God is not a what. He said, whom? Whom? Who is the person you are looking for? So he's talking to her. And she's opposing to him be the gardener, said to him, Sir, I think she now became British. Sir, now watch what she said. You must understand, Jesus is standing there. She's so sorrowful, she doesn't know it's him. But now Jesus knows who she is. And Jesus is talking to her, and, and, and now she's going to say something back to Jesus. And I think what she's saying back to Jesus must have impressed Jesus tremendously. She said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him. And ah, 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 I will, ah, ah. Sir, sir, Mr. Gardner, listen to me. Tell me, if you, if you are the one that carried him away, because you are the gardener, I think so. So, Mr. Gardener, if you have carried him away, 
Tell me where you have laid him because I, I, I will go and get him. She said, she said, I will go and take him away. Uh, Mr. Gardner, Mr. Gardner, all my friends left. Peter and John, they are gone. The disciples are gone. But Mr. Gardner, I'm the woman who had seven demons. I'm the one. I feel I have a responsibility. I will carry his body. Mr. Gardner, Mr. Gardner, when the whole church is gone, I, I, I want to be the one that will take responsibility for his body. I think Jesus looked at her and Jesus said, Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. She, she wants to carry my body away. You see, something struck me about Mary. When the crucifixion was over that day, and it was dark, and everybody has gone home, there was the one woman standing there in the evening, it's dark, looking at the cross. It was Mary Magdalene. She was last at the cross, first at the tomb. Last at the cross. I want to emphasize that. I want that to be engraved into your spirit. She was last at the cross, first at the tomb. That should speak to pastors all over America. Our preaching should reflect the time we spend at the cross, the time, the time we arrived at the tomb. I pray that in my preaching, you will pick up, I just left the cross. And I pray that in my preaching, you will pick up, I've just visited the empty tomb again. Come on, never, never leave that trademark. You know, in Africa, when you're going to safari, and you sit on that jeep, and, and you are in the safari for four days, and you start 6 o'clock in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, and you have people that know footprints of animals, they will say to you, these are the footprints of a leopard. And then when you travel, they will stop suddenly. They will say, guys, these are the footprint of lions. These footprints is about one day old. And then you will drive, and they will stop again, and they will say, well, guys, this is the same footprint of that, the lions. This is about six hours old. And then you come across footprints, and then they will say, sir, these footprints is one hour old. Those droppings of the elephants is very fresh. They are close by. And then you will come across footprints, and they will tell you, we are in the area where the lions, we will find the lions somewhere, because their footprint is fresh. May God help me. <laughs> May God help me that I will leave a fresh footprint of who I believe in. That I will leave a fresh, fresh footprint. They must see my fo the footprint of the Holy Ghost in my praise and worship. They must see it in my preaching. They must see it in my everyday life. Church, can, can I be honest with you? There's many of my friends that have retired, and there's many that has left the ministry. And many times when I'm tired, I wish I can retire. 
You say, well, you are probably preaching longer and staying longer because of the money. There comes a time that money cannot replace the tiredness. Money don't make up for it. But you know what? There's something else that makes you go on strong and stronger and stronger. It's because you know where you came from. I told pastor tonight before the service, I said, brother, I must tell you this, that I appreciate churches like this even more. Why? Because there was a time that I desired to be in ministry, and then the Lord, the Lord fulfilled my promises. Now I'll, I'll be 69 in July. I don't know how many years I have left, but man, I appreciate it that I can preach to you one more time. Because what a great honor that I can stand in the pulpit and that I can tell you about Jesus and that I can tell you about Mary Magdalene. And because there will come a day that I had my opportunities to leave a footprint. And may the Lord help me that you will see my footprint and that it's pure and it'll speak of who I am. And I believe you have the same desire. She's supposing to that him, the gardener, she said, Sir, if you carry him away, tell me where he is and I will take him away. And I think that, that caught the heart of Jesus. Then Jesus said to her, Mary. Wow. The moment he said to her, Mary. Watch this. When Jesus said to her, Mary, she said, she turned around and she said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. She did not recognize his face, but she recognized his voice. We may not see clearly into the future in America, but we will hear his voice profoundly. Come on. You may not know what tomorrow holds, and you may not see Christ clearly in the future. And we may think that Jesus is blurry, his vision is blurry in the nation, but we still hear the voice profoundly. The moment Jesus said, Mary, she recognized him. Now watch this. The devil will always call you by your sin, knowing your name. God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. Isn't that beautiful? You know, God can so easily, and I wish I had another word. I wish I could have preached that to you tonight, and that would have, that would have reflected how people will always identify you by your sin. It's an incredible word, but I don't have time. We only have three services, and I'm not going to stay another one. Jesus could have said, are you the woman that had seven demons? Are you the woman that I pulled out of the gutter? No. He said, Mary. And the moment he called her name, she said, Rabboni, teacher. We serve an incredible God who does not call us by our sin because the first thing the devil does is he will remind you of your sin. He doesn't care for your name. He will remind you of how bad you are, but not the God that we serve. But now I love what Jesus is doing next. We're talking about Mary. 
We're talking about her footprint. First at the tomb, last at the cross. Last at the cross, first at the tomb. Last at the cross, first at the tomb. Say it with me. Last at the cross, first at the tomb. Last at the cross. If somebody that knew how footprints work will go to the, the, the cross of Calvary and say, man, there was many people here today, but some of them left early. And then these footprints right here, wow, it looks like this person was in a battle right here. I wonder who, I wonder who stood here because you can see that her footprint is engraving in the dust. You could see that she was in turmoil. And somebody will say, this is the freshest footprint. We know who this is. This is the lady who had seven demons. She left last. And that morning, <laughs> when she ran to the tomb and Peter and John arrived, Peter said, yeah, Mary's been here. She's been here first. May God help you and me that we will be last and first when we need to be last and first. Come on. You know, I remember, I remember when, when Naomi, when I dated Naomi and she, she was in Paro Assembly and I was in Belleville Assembly in Cape Town. And when I go to their church, it's about 20 minutes drive from the one church to the other in Cape Town. When I go there, there was always a man standing on the outside, and he will greet you. And over the years, he, he bent over, and he was, we call him Um Turin. That means Uncle Turin. And he was always standing there, and his job was just to greet you and welcome you in the house of the Lord. There's nobody. Sorry, guys, I've met you. You've done a great job here. But Uncle Turin, I will never forget Uncle Turin. He had an anointing just to greet you at the door. And I think, I, th I think the day when he went to heaven, Jesus said to him, Your footprint is engraved at the steps of Paro Apostolic Faith Mission Church. Thank you, Turin. Thank you for your footprint. You know what? He impacted me as a doorkeeper. I think he did the doorkeeper job better than what I'm doing my preaching. But you know what? When you meet people that leave footprints, they also leave a footprint in your life. Mary impacted me more in the last two months than what she ever impacted me in 41 years of ministry. Because I always read about Peter and John. Ignored that woman. And then I found out she had more passion than all of them. Jesus said to her, can I preach a little bit more? Come on. Come on. I don't want to go to heaven. And then Mary calls me in and says, you did a pretty bad job when you spoke about me. <laughs> <laughs> now watch this now Jesus takes the microphone back from her and Jesus said to her 
Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, Oh, man, I cannot believe Jesus is saying that. He's saying to Mary, he says, go to my brethren. He doesn't say go to those cowards. Go to those guys that cannot even pray when I needed them to pray. It's a few days ago. It's a few days ago that Peter and John were supposed to pray with Jesus, and he went to Gethsemane, came out. I saw Gethsemane. Came out, found him asleep. He just went through hell, this man, Jesus. He went literally down to hell, take the keys of hell, uh, uh, death and hell. And here he comes back, victorious, and he says to Mary, go to my brethren. Again, he doesn't call out their prayerlessness. He doesn't care. He doesn't carry grudges. You saw how kind you were Sunday morning to that woman that had the issue of blood, and you saw what he called her. And here he is. Go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending. Now watch what he says. I am ascending to my father and your father. Immediately he talks family. He's not saying I'm going to my father and you guys need to wait. He says, I'm going to my father and your father. Immediately, it's family. Mission completed. Resurrected. But you know what? I think when Jesus saw Mary deep in his heart, he could have said, again, Peter is not here. Again, I thought I will find John, the one that I love so much. I thought I will find John. Where's John? You will not find that, he said to her, where's John, where's Peter, where's Mark, where's Luke? I mean, those guys are all great. There's a book called Mark, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, Matthew. There's not a book called Mary. But you know what? She was delivered from seven demons. It seems to me the deeper your deliverance, the different your footprint may look like. I, I grew up in church. I've never been in the world. I don't even know what a drug looked like. Uh, well, I, I'm not talking about drugs that you buy over the counter like something for headache. I'm talking about stuff that puts you on a trip. I know nothing. I don't, I don't even know what it looks like. <laughs> but you know what? There came a time in my life that I said, Jesus... I've never been in the world. I, I, I've never done those things. And then I, I, I made an effort of that. I said, Lord, you need to help me. I cannot preach a gospel that is shallow because I don't know where I come from. Give me understanding of how deep you've brought me out so that, that I will not have a shallow testimony, but that, that I will be last and first like somebody that had seven demons. Her footprint around the crucifixion and the resurrection impresses me. And I want to say to all of you, check your footprint. Check your footprint. 
Every time I came to this church, I found that guy with the beard here. His footprint is engraved here behind the guitar. First time I came, he never had a beard. But since then, he became a man. But you know what? When I come to this church, I think it's about 10 years now, Pastor. Every time I come here, I find him standing here. I, I, I didn't come here and I just heard, where's Shane? Oh, no, Shane, uh, uh, Shane, uh, well, it's something bad happened and you know what? We don't want to talk about it. No, no. Great. When I came into the building Sunday morning, my spirit leaped when I saw him. My spirit leaped when I saw Jojo. When I saw him still come on, read a scripture. My, sp my spirit leaped when I saw my brother from Hot Springs in the building tonight. My spirit leaped when I saw many of you. I don't know your names, but I, know, I remember your faces. That couple, there's another couple. That couple sitting in the back there who had the, the asthma problem. My spirit leaped when I see you. My spirit leaped when your wife came to me last night because in December we sent money to a ministry in, um, in Israel and also money to a ministry from Iran. And, and somebody contacted me and said, Pastor, we want to send an amount of money to that person. Uh, and, uh, and I said, oh, thank you so much. And I said, come and greet me when you see me again in the service. I forgot about it. And when I came here yesterday morning, tapped my shoulder right there. That woman came to me. She said, Pastor, you said I must come to you. I said, oh, so you are the one. Oh, thank God for her footprint. God is, God is taking recordings of our footprint. I have no footprints at the nightclubs. I have no footprints in those places. Is it because I'm good? No. It's just the grace of God. But you know what? Even if you have footprints there, God can wipe it out. And God can start a new footprint. Oh, come on, church. Does this woman impress you? My brethren, she, he, Jesus said to her, go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. My God, your God. My Father, your Father. Uh, we are all inclusive. Come on. Since Jesus was resurrected, we are all wrapped up in this incredible thing. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things to her, and that he had spoken these. Oh, man. When you have seven demons and you delivered from that, what an honor that she can come to the disciples and she can say to Peter, where were you? James, where were you? John, where were you? You, you all went home. Jesus is alive. And his language is, my Lord, your Lord. My Father, your Father. Oh, I wish I could have preached to you about the last chapter in John also tonight, but I'm not going to go there. It's too huge. All I want to say is, last at the cross, first at the tomb. You know, 
We have churches today that preach in the middle. They push the cross aside. They push the resurrection aside. And in the middle, they do motivational preaching. They do seeker-sensitive preaching. You cannot do it. If I don't find, find you last at the cross and first at the tomb, don't preach to me. Because if you really understand how deep you were saved and from what you were saved, you will be like Mary. And you will say, do what you want to do. Preach what you want to preach. I cannot leave the cross because I just crucified the man who delivered me from hell on earth. Never mind hell coming. I was delivered from hell on earth. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I do have a home. I could go home. Peter went. John is gone. Man, I cannot. I, 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 I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. Nobody can explain to me. But I think I'm just going to hang on right here. And then she started to communicate with the two angels. And then she communicated to the foreigner. And then she heard her name. And I think until today, Jesus will never forget who was the one that he found outside his tomb. Where's Andre? No, he's gone. He left. Oh, may God, when he asks, where am I? May he find me there standing and say, come here. I think Jesus said to her, it's not recorded, but Jesus knew it. He knew everything. I think he probably by now, by now he must have had this conversation with Mary in heaven. And he must have said, Mary... Heaven misses nothing. Heaven even counts your hair. Mary. Mary! That night when they crucified me, everybody left. But you were the last one. Thank you, Mary. And I think she said to Jesus, but Jesus, you delivered me from demon number one. Then a second one came out of me. And then a third one came out of me. And then a fourth one came out of me. And then a fifth one came out of me. And then a sixth one came out of me. And then a seventh one came out of me. And Jesus, by the time you were done with me, I was a new person. I was delivered from all kind of torments. Jesus, what did you expect? I could not leave the cross. And Jesus, when they took you away, I found out where the tomb is, and I decided I will bury you and I will take your body away. But am I glad 
that you were resurrected. And now you took me away. And you took me to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering me from seven demons. And may we tonight make a quality decision to get our footprints into the footprints of Mary Magdalene so that when people follow our footprints, they will find us last at the cross, first at the tomb. Last at the cross, first at the tomb. Two years ago, somebody came into my meetings in Ohio, a dear friend of mine. And he was in our meetings in 1997. In those days, I did seven meetings a week. It's very true, Pastor. I preach from Sunday to Friday, and then I fly on Saturday, and then I start again from Sunday to Friday in the next church in 97. I was still living in South Africa, so I came here, and I, I remember I did something like uh, 92 meetings in 90 days in four nations, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and America. So we have three meetings sometimes, three meetings on a day, morning service, afternoon service, evening service. I don't know how I did it. And this man came into my meetings here uh, in, uh, while, I, while we are living here, probably 2006, 7. He came into my meetings, and, and, and he came to me after the meeting. He says, oh, Brother Ronda, do you still remember me? I said, absolutely. He, I, he said to me, how on the earth is it possible that you still preach the same way you preached in 1997? And I looked at him and I thought to myself, I don't know how you walk away from your calling. I, 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 don't know, I don't know how you walk away from that cross. I don't know how you walk away from that resurrection. When Naomi and I were in Israel, we went to Tikkun International at Messianic Jewish Gathering. We couldn't go to any sightseeing places, but I did go to the tomb. <laughs> I cannot walk away from that. And I want to say to all of you, let's keep our footprint fresh. Let's keep our footprint fresh. Aren't you glad that you can say, my footprint is in the house of the Lord on a Monday night. And I'm not putting a, you on a guilt trip because there comes a time that, that you need to rest because even Jesus rests. So I'm not saying you should destroy yourself and killing yourself trying to be so faithful. It's about God. He knows your heart. I was sitting there tonight and I thought to myself, I'm so blessed with these people that are here. If they only know how precious their footprint is to Jesus. And you are in a meeting tonight where you will not be called out by your sin. Because it's not the devil that is the speaker here. It's Jesus the speaker. He's the speaker. Christ is the speaker Christ knows your sin and he knows your weaknesses. But when he calls, he says, Shane, I love you. 
I know exactly who you are, and I know exactly what you've done. But I'm not here to talk to you about that. I'm just so impressed about your footprint. And I'm just so impressed with your footprint. And, and here I have this man who gave me a car this week to drive. God says, I know your footprint. Your footprint is in this place for a long time. Can I get some keyboards? Thank you. Your footprint is here for a long time. Your financial footprint is even sitting in our ministry. You're a young man, and your footprint is already in the right place. If the African people is that good to identify how old the footprint is, how good is God identifying your footprint? I hope this blesses you. This young man, I saw him in the foyer tonight. I said, did you go home last night? He says, yes. He said, but I drove back an hour and a half. I said, him, you drove back an hour and a half? And I said, you're going to go back tonight again? He says, yeah, I'm going to drive back tonight. Three hours of mileage recorded by heaven. He's not an old man that needs God because tomorrow he's going to die. He's a young man that he says has his whole life in front of him. But he's saying in his heart, I cannot allow my footprint to be found in other places I want to go to that place tonight, and I want to hear the Word of God. And I'm telling you, sir, God knows about your footprint. Naomi and I have a friend in South Africa. It's her husband who died a week ago, and we were teenagers together. And about a year ago, two years ago, we were together in South Africa, and we were eating, and then she, her name is Ursula, and she, she did something that I forgot about. I was a teenager, and, she, and they were all teenagers with us. And she said, oh, Andre, I remember you. And she mimicked me. She said, you always said, we must do something for God. I had no idea what, what I said. I just felt I couldn't preach. I didn't even know three scriptures. So I was just passionate. And I always said to them, we need to do something for God. We need to work for the Lord. And she mimics me when I was about 16, 17 years old. And the moment she did it, I saw myself and I said, oh, my goodness. What is that? That's my footprint. Am I good? No. All I want to say is you will be amazed what your footprint, even the footprint through your words. The way you talk about Jesus, it will leave an impact on people. Am I right? Jojo, all these children, I don't know, my goodness. How many of them are there? Six. Don't worry, I've counted you. One, two, three, four, five, six. Are they all yours? They are all yours. But I know the story. There's a story behind it. Let me say this. 
Your footprint is all over these children. Not yours, the footprint of Jesus in you is already on all these children. Your footprint is on many children in the school. I spoke to him a day, today about you and I asked him about your profession. But you know what? I want to say, keep up the good work. <laughs> when those who does not know the Lord in this city, somewhere they're going to come across your footprint and they're going to say, Maybe you say tonight, but pastor, I've got some footprints that doesn't look too good. Pastor, I have a few footprints that I'm not proud of. That's what you say. I'm prophesying to you. Pastor, the more you talk, the more I feel, but what about those footprints that I've left behind? It's all cleaned up because he understands tears. You are weeping. This is not an angel standing in front of you. This is Jesus standing in front of you. And Jesus said, I know your tears. I know your brokenness. I know your sin. I've cleansed it all. And I'll help you to leave perfect footprints from now on so that people can follow it. Come on. God says, I'm changing your footprint. I'm changing your, your, your past. I'm changing it. Jesus said, I'm changing it. If I can do that for Mary Magdalene who had seven demons, you are nothing. Come on. You are nothing in comparison with Mary. Do you know what a, a woman looked like that had seven demons? I've seen people in Africa that are totally demon-possessed. It's not a good picture. Sorry to tell you that. I've seen people vomit in Africa. And I've seen strange things come out of people. You will not believe me when you, when you worship idols. What will come out of people? But all I want to say to you is when Jesus is done with you, come on, seven speaks of perfection. Seven is the perfect number. When Jesus is done with you, you're going to leave the perfect footprint. You're going to say the perfect, come on. You, you're going to become an incredible. Give God praise. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The footprint of Mary Magdalene. There's so many things that I've mentioned tonight. I think it's like bullets of the Holy Ghost that God has released into your spirit. But I want to go back to that one bullet. And they all went home but Mary. She didn't preach. She was not like Peter who preached and 3,000 came to the Lord. But there's something about her that Peter don't have and John don't have and Luke don't have. She was last at the cross and first at the tomb. And I can just see her saying to Jesus, 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 show me where he is. I'll, I'll carry him. I'll carry him. He carried me. He carried me previously. I, I want to carry him. I want to carry him. Jesus said, Mary, if you only know how you impress me. Mary, if you only know who I am. Mary, if you only know you cannot carry me. 
Mary, if you only know, I carried you out of hell, but I will carry you a second time. I'm going to carry you into the pearly gates, and you're going to rejoice with me in eternity. Mary, I am the Lord. Mary, I am the Savior. Mary, within a second or two, I'm going to call your name. And when I call your name, you will lose that blurry vision that you had, and you will know that I am Jesus, the resurrected one. Oh, how many of you say tonight, help me to have the footprint of Mary Magdalene? If you say tonight, I know this is a strange kind of word. I know it comes to you in a strange way. It's, it's, not, it's not something you hear every day, but it's so fresh in my spirit. I cannot get away from it. You see, church, I can lay hands on you and I can pray for you tonight, but I cannot walk with you to leave your footprint. You need to leave your own footprint. If you say tonight, Lord, help me to be like Mary Magdalene so that people will find my footprint in places that were recorded of who I am, what my character is all about, what my DNA is all about. Just stand on your feet just for a moment. You say, work on my footprint, Lord. Work on my footprint. Look at me one more time. You see, my footprint is subject to my heart. Because if my heart is in the right place, you will find my footprint at the right place. But Father, I pray tonight for every man that is standing and, and every woman that is standing and those that cannot stand but say, Pastor Andre, I would love to stand. I just pray tonight, Lord Jesus, that the passion and the fire in this word that you, will, that you will make it very personal to them and that you will help each one of them and help myself to leave a footprint that will impact the world. Father, I pray that the footprint of the church in this region will leave an impact on the world. Father, there's young people here. There's teenagers here. There's older people here. There are people here that is, they are regretting some of their footprints. But God says, by my grace, I've wiped that out. And from this night forward, I will help you. Come on. I feel like if you feel like, Pastor, can I just come to the altar and just for a moment, and I just want to dedicate my life to the Lord again. Just come quickly. Come quickly. Because I'm not, I'm not going to make this a long, drawn-out altar call, but if you say you want to come and just kneel down before him for a moment, I'll give you five minutes, then it's over. You may come. If you don't want to come, that's fine. Just stay on your feet. But, Father, I pray, let this word sink into our hearts. And, oh, Lord Jesus, I pray that children will find the footprint of mom and dad in the right place. That little toddlers will find the footprint of mom and dad in the right place. 
When the little girl asks mommy, where is daddy? <laughs> that she will say, daddy is in his study. You will find his footprint there. Father, I pray tonight. <laughs> Father, I pray tonight. That if you ever had a second resurrection or could have had one, give me a chance to take the place of Mary. Father, I pray tonight, and I believe this is the prayer of every heart here, that say, make me a Mary Magdalene. Make me a Mary Magdalene. That when I expected a dead body, my Savior will find me. In the absence of Peter, James, John, Luke, Matthew, but Mary. Father, I bless every man and woman here tonight, and I pray, stir their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Can I get the praise team up here again, Shane? If you don't mind, just get some music up here. Come on, church. I see many, many tears. I see many, many brokenness. I see, I see people in awe. I see people in awe. I see some dumbstruck. When I read these words, I feel the same. I feel, Lord, find me where I need to be. Find me at the place of my responsibility. Thank you that I can go home at times, but let me be found where I should be because that will speak of my passion, my zeal for Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Ma'am, just stand up. What is your name? Holly, do you belong to this church? Holly, who is all these people? Okay. Parents? Your son-in-law's parents. Do you all go to another church somewhere? God's going to pick you up again, and God's going to restore you again. You've come through many times testings and trials. You've been thrown away. You've been mistreated. You've been hurt deeply. You were treated like trash. You regret certain things in life. You wish you can go back and correct a few things. God says, forget about it. God says, why can I not just make you a Mary Magdalene and just redo you? And let them find your footprint where they did not find the footprint of the disciples. Father, I stretch my hand over her, and I just pray tonight that you will restore, heal, deliver. Lord, everything the devil has stolen from her, everything man has taken away from her, all the names that she's been called, all the accusations that she has gone through, all the dirt that was thrown towards her and on her, I pray that you will deliver her from that tonight. That she will shake it off like a Mary. And that she will become so passionate about the Lord.
Father, I pray that you will wipe away her tears because there's many tears in your life, many regrets. But, Lord, I thank you tonight. It's a new night. It's a new beginning for her. I ask it in Jesus' name. Is that your daughter? Father, I pray for her tonight. I pray that your hand will be upon her. And even the burden that she carries for her own mother and even the concern that she has for her own mom, that you will help her with good advice, that mom and daughter will give one another advice. Thank you, God, for her husband. Thank you for their parents, her parents here, or his parents. Thank you for that. Go- Who are you, ma'am? Are you a daughter? So this is your other daughter? How old are you? 23. You're not sure? Don't worry. Don't worry. That's okay. Stand up. I just want to bless you with a prayer. God has some good things in store for you. You, you sometimes feel like you are second class. You feel like you are less qualified. You are less equipped in life. You feel like you live in a shadow of other people all the time. You feel like you fall short in so many areas. And sometimes the enemy will come and say to you, you're not really a good person and you're not going to amount to much in life. And it haunted you since your school days. I don't know what you do now for a living But God says you need to shake that off. Because if you walk like, you you live on 40% of the potential that God has given you. You are a 40% person. And God says, I want to up the percentages. I've never, ever given somebody a word like this. God says, I want to up you to a 100% person. And God says, I need to deliver you from things that affected you even in the house. Even things that you saw, it affected you. It affected you more than what it affected her. I don't, are you younger than her? Who's the youngest here? You're the youngest? But it affected you more. Father, I pray tonight, and you always had to compete with people that you cannot compete with. You are always shy of your, your, uh, your, what you've accomplished because you could not brag with it. It's almost like your numbers never look good. Father, I release your hand over her. I thank you that you will release her tonight and strengthen her and deliver her. Let her walk out of this place free in the Holy Spirit. And let, Lord, let a new life begin for her tonight. Set her free, God. And even the things that she thought she will never be able to have or embrace in life, that she will now say, I will have it. God will take care of me. I will not stand in the back of the line anymore. I will be moved to the front of the line. I release it over you. God is doing a phenomenal thing in you. And you know that I don't know you. I don't know your name. But I have just spoken words into your life that is so absolutely you. It's called the prophetic. It's a prophetic word. It comes out of the heart of Jesus because Jesus knows everything about you and me and her. He knows everything. And all God does is he say a few things. He let me say a few things to show you how much he knows about you. Now, I want you to go home tonight and say, Lord, I'm yours. 
I will be last at the crucifixion. I will be first at the tomb. And Jesus will find you. He will call you by your name. He will not call you, call you by not so much your sin, but your weaknesses. Your, your, your weaknesses. You have weaknesses. And you always feel you don't want to show your weaknesses because you cannot, com- you cannot compete with other people. Father, make her strong where she is weak. Bible says when we are weak, we are strong. Your, stre- your, your weaknesses will become beneficial to you in the future in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, worship the Lord, church. Worship the Lord. Amen.